podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. It's a very normal night in Minnesota for December 15th. Yes, no tornadoes or anything. Uh, Blake, Iowa Gopher. Happy sign day to all who celebrate. <laughs> and you street. Hey, y'all. I feel like signing day is the day where Street needs to have like an airing of grievances, given how he feels towards recruiting as a general process. He just I mean, he wasn't, I wasn't feel recruited like every time. He wasn't recruited coming out of high school, and he just never recovered from that. And you know, I, t- I agree. I understand it. I think he should have been more heavily recruited, but uh, you know, some people just don't see those diamonds in the rough. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Though let's be real, I feel like some people who listen to this podcast feel that every Tuesday or Wednesday when we record this constitutes an area of grievances for me. <laughs> He's got a lot of problems with you, and you're going to hear about it. All right, well, it, it is Recruitmas. Uh, Merry Recruitmas. Happy Recruitmas if you're celebrating from uh, the UK. Uh and I think I'm just going to turn it over to you, Blake, to get us started with this celebration of letters of intent. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, they signed some recruits. They signed 18 guys today, I believe, at least scholarship athletes. Um, had a couple of preferred walk-ons as well. Um, I was just looking at the rankings on 24-7 sports. Uh, looks like big in the Big Ten, they finished 10th. Um, nationally, they finished 40. 43rd um remarkably the i think most of the class was committed i think in the spring of last year then they let a couple recent commits uh three or four um so kind of a pretty boring recruiting season i guess during the season but that's kind of flex mo is to get guys locked down in the spring and then just focus less on recruiting more on game planning i think the easy question to throw out there first blake is who's your favorite recruit from this class uh, yeah, the best names, obviously, Maverick Baranowski, uh, his former Air Force commitment, uh, recently flipped by, uh, Joe Rossi. Um, it's hard to go wrong with that name, Maverick Baranowski. I mean, that's just, just a good name. Um, but as far as my favorite, I mean, to be, to be clear, I'm happy we flipped the kid, but I, I mean, he needed to, he needed to fly a plane. <laughs> that is, that is really tough. I mean, for the, for the world at large to not have someone named maverick in the air force um that's difficult that's a, that's a tough blow for america for the u.s military but uh you know hopefully he makes up i mean i know technically maverick was in the navy so maybe he should have gone to the naval academy but still an air he needed to be in an airplane this is true you know i think that that's for god to judge if you know pj fleck and joe rossi have committed a crime against humanity someday that someday <laughs> they'll have to face their maker for that um but you know we'll see what the next four or five years bring for maverick and maroon and gold um but yeah be looking beyond names um it's tough to find a favorite I, there's just not i feel like this, it's a pretty solid class with not a ton of standouts really um jacob newth the quarterback out of south dakota's uh i think he's gonna be a pretty interesting prospect um it's hard to believe that a uh, another quarterback not named tanner morgan will start for minnesota at some point um but i'm optimistic that it will happen um so i'm curious to see what he does on the field um i'm kind of intrigued by Ryland kelly though he's the he's the canadian quarterback who um i think went to the some academy in florida 
um, for his, the end of his high school career. But um, he's just got, got some interesting measurables. And I just love, I love the idea of him carrying on the legacy of Benjamin St. Juiced. Um, and we'll be seeing a lot of these cornerbacks coming up soon. Now that the, that position's, you know, we Kern Coney Durr is finally graduating. Phil Powers finally graduating. Justice Harris is graduating. So a lot of those young guys are going to start seeing the field soon. And I think he's one guy that maybe not next year, but the year after, I think he's going to be yeah, the guy that's challenging for playing time. So look out for Rylan Kelly. Andy, what's your your favorite uh, member? Who who is your favorite member? I should say of this. Uh... Uh, of this recruiting class, you know, I'm going to go. It's going to be one of the uh, one of the two star defensive linemen. Uh, this Anthony Smith they got out of the Pennsylvania area. Um, everybody, you know, thinks he's he's legitimately got you know potential NFL talent once they can get a a college body on him. I'll be interesting to see whether right now he's projected D end, but whether he grows too much and ends up becoming a D tackle instead. But everybody says he's got some really impressive. Uh, talent and, and pass rushing talent and I think he'll be good. Uh, I think the sentimental favorite for, for many is going to be Trey Bixby. Um, for those who don't know uh, Kyle Gobert's Gobi who's uh, been a Minnesota recruiting analyst it's his uh, son adopted son um, out of Eden Prairie his senior year coming back from some uh, some health issues the last couple of years. Uh, Andy Greeter had a good article on that in the Pioneer Press uh, today. Um, but if he can get back and get healthy, which it sounds like he's on his way back, um, you know, he was, he was a beast his sophomore year in Ohio. Uh, he was at a, at a private school in Ohio. Um, if he can get back to that level of talent, I think he's really going to be an impressive specimen on the defensive line. So hopefully those guys end up, uh, you know, doing things. Chad Wilt has really done a really good job recruiting D linemen lately. Um, you know, for who I think is going to make a biggest impact immediately, I think it's going to be Ryan Stapp, the Abilene Christian cornerback transfer. Um, I think that kid probably starts uh, alongside uh, Justin Wally uh, next September um, and is going to make a, a big impact for for Minnesota uh, in the secondary. So, um, you know, that would be that would be my predictions for what I think. That's such a cheat, though, Andy. You can't pick the transfer guys your impact uh, recruit. I mean, that's just that's cheating. I mean, I suppose it's cheating, but it's fact. Um, you know, if I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I, it, anybody else who may have immediate impacts, I think, I think obviously, um, you know, pretty much all of the guys that we've got are going to be a year or two off. Um, you know, Zach Evans, the running back out of Texas, I guess you could say might be the might be the next potential one. Uh, obviously, with with Mo Ibrahim back, and you've got uh, the two studs in in Kai Thomas and uh, and Bucky Irving, uh, who showed up as as freshmen this year. Um, but as we saw, we went down four or five potential running backs. So uh, you hope that doesn't happen again. It'd be nice to give Zach Evans a good redshirt year to be able to compete and and play a much larger role um with with thomas and irving after uh, mo ibrahim goes to the nfl hopefully after the 2022 season but um everybody says he he looks pretty impressive and, and ran all over the uh the upper class in in texas high school so if you can do that uh you know you're probably able to to come in as a freshman and, and play if you need to Blake, is there anything you feel this class is missing that you were hoping to see uh, in terms of pickups that just never materialized? Um, I guess online recruiting, I think, has left something to be desired over the past couple of years. I know there's always been the talk of 
know, they haven't been able to put a guy in the NFL um, on the offensive line for however many years. And um, I mean, there's obviously there's been in-state guys the past couple of years, too, that they've missed on offensive line wise. And it just seems like they bring in a lot of developmental guys. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, as long as they can develop those guys. But um, I just like to see the program get to a point where they can pick up some of those more more sure things and guys that could make an impact after a year or two rather than these guys who maybe three, two or three years in the weight room um, might be able to make an impact. So, I mean, and again, you, they got to produce in the field in, in the NFL draft better and to get those top prospects like the way Wisconsin and Iowa have done. So, um, so yeah, hopefully the guys, they you know they got Ashton Beers, um, Kate McConnell, uh, Tony Nelson. It'll be interesting to see how, how those guys fare um, as they get through the program. But yeah, would love to see them get some more of those high profile, especially in-state guys uh, moving forward. Andy, I feel like <clears throat> we always talk about the recruiting class, and I want to take us away from the actual recruiting class for a minute and focus on you. If you had to put hats down on a table and pick Minnesota out of those hats, what would the other hats be? And it, Because if you didn't pick Minnesota, just get out the podcast right now. But let's just assume you want to keep podcasting. What would the other hats be? Yeah, I mean, I I think it uh, just for just for equality, it's it's gonna have to be uh, Oral Roberts and uh, Chaminade. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Probably Southeastern Main State would be the last one. Is that an actual school? Probably not. <laughs> All right, Southwest Missouri then, because I know that's an actual school. Why the hell would anybody pick that godforsaken hellhole? Well, it's got some of the same, you know, directions and first initials of the state. I'm just working. You're the one who made a school up. I'm working with actual factual schools Andy. presumably in the classic way of recruits who thanked the minnesota department of education Andy was actually referring to the university of southern maine which is a school that does exist also based on the your choices beside minnesota i assume like we're flashing back to the jerry kill era See, that seems like the resume of a kill, of a kill recruit. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. Sorry. Just because I want the cool hat at the table, I'll choose the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. Oh, God. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess it's better than choosing Moorhead State for the hat, so... Can, can it change my answer to that to the you know the, the hat that everybody had in high school, the South Carolina hat that just said Cox on it? I don't. Th- I have a hard time picturing you choosing that hat as a anything but irony. So yes, well, you well, you, that you, me and me, me and my frosted tips in in, in high school. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was that was basically every other guy in high school I went to go with, but not 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 so much me. <laughs> oh, Blake. Um, I don't know. Like, just any any final thoughts? Like, yeah, it's it's weird because recruiting has become both something that I think we can rely on to be fairly solid, but also fairly ho hum. It's not a uh, it's not a flashy day um, anymore. I kind of feel like that's just generally with the early signing day. It doesn't feel so flashy, but I think the way Flex structures his classes in terms of you know there's not a lot of surprises happening. Um, 
things just it, it just it's a day it's a day that happens and we uh enjoy it and move on um honestly i, th- I think the transfer portal will has kind of replaced the excitement of the recruiting process at least from my standpoint like like you said minnesota's been fairly ho-hum there wasn't a ton of drama this year that guys committed in you know april may june and then it was quiet all on the western front until the last couple of weeks so um but i think more as more like programs are relying on the transfer portal. Like Minnesota obviously had three or four transfers last year. They've got Ryan step coming in this year. And I know they're looking for potentially an offensive lineman or, or a defensive tackle um, in the portal. That to me is, is I get probably more interesting because these recruiting guys, as, as Andy said, are probably at least most of them are, you know, two, if not three years off um, from playing, but those, you know, transfer portal guys, those are going to be immediate impact players. Um, and it's easier to, to like think about them and think about their impact on the team as opposed to guys that, aren't going to see the field right away. So I think it, I'm more interested in the transfer portal than in recruiting right now. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's at least good that, you know, at least flexman consistent and getting um, good recruits. And I mean, maybe not the flashiest guys, obviously they're still finishing in the bottom half of the big 10 um, in recruiting rankings. But uh, as long as they finish in the top of the big 10 West standings on the field, I think that's what matters most. Street. Uh, obviously we had one recruit that did not sign today. Uh, are you going to be watching with bated breath to see if, uh, uh, I'll be honest, I don't remember which recruit it was. Um, Jack Pyburn. With uh, Jack Pyburn, if he comes, uh, if he joins the fold on, on February in the February signing day? No, I didn't actually know it was signing day today. <laughs> have you, well, the next, my, our next question would be, have you tweeted at him yet, and how often do you plan to be tweeting at him between now and February? I don't use Twitter. Well, okay. We need to we need to talk about Street's role um, with the site. I think here's the here's the thing. I I don't care. I know lots of people do. Uh, it's it's a big day for the blog. I'm not out here being like the things you like are bad. That's not what I mean. I just more that I think especially for football, it's very rare that you're gonna have a a recruit in any given class come in not only immediately make an impact at the next level, but sort of obviously is going to make an impact or change. It's a little bit different in basketball. You know, there's only five guys on the court or five women on the court in comparison to football uh, where you got 11 and you have very specialized positions. So it's quite plausible that of the discussion that was had on this podcast, a lot of the best players that people are discussing, especially, you know, the D tackles, D ends, if it's a D tackle, you can be an absolutely fabulous defensive tackle and most people are not going to know who you are. And so it's just sort of, at least for me, there's a, there's a very strange level. And there's always been a very strange level of caring very deeply about what uh, teenagers are interested in doing in college. And I'll, I'll leave it at that for that aspect of it. But also until someone actually shows up on campus and gets into the jersey and is actually on the field then then i may or may not learn their name you're not wrong carrying is creepy is a joke for a reason uh yeah well i'm gonna wrap it right there uh joe rossi got himself paid last week uh was it what one hundred and fifty thousand dollars more a year on his uh with it with his contract extension I thought it was two. Was he making six hundred? Now it's eight eight fifty. Or am I wrong? 
I can't remember the exact. He is making an astonishingly large amount of money relative to basically every human on the planet, and he is making more money than he was before. And given the absolute messed up economics of college football, it is probably the case that he is still underpaid, which is great for the university. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Uh, I I will simply comment that um, when looking at what coaches are getting paid this year, I can only look to what uh, Mark Coyle and Flex Agent negotiated and just tip my hat for it being uh, within the realm of what passes for common sense these days for coaching salaries. Uh, Looking at you, Michigan State, uh, setting the bar high with Mel Tucker, who does not deserve $9.5 million a year yet. Well, probably ever, but certainly not yet. Just to confirm, because if there's anything we care about on this uh, podcast, it's being factually correct. Goddamn right it Uh, is. So wait, wait, says the man who made up a college in, in Maine. Uh, it was a raise of 150 grand. He went from 650 to 800,000 for both the 2022 and 2023 seasons. Also, we did have a official approval, I believe, by the border regents today. I think of uh, Kirk Shiraka, who will be making 625 grand the next uh, next two years. So basically, we still have approximately 200 thousand dollars in the PJ can give raises to the assistant coaches he deems important fund. Kenny Burns, uh, which baby. we'll hear about it, which we'll hear about in January, because all those, at least four or five of the coaches, I think, contracts are up end of January. So basically, probably right after the bowl game, we'll we'll have a uh, we'll have an idea of who's sticking around and who may be moving on. Yeah, see, Blake, I feel like you were you had a little something. there. No, I was just giving a shout out to Kenny Burns. That guy needs a raise, man. After this year, with the situation he dealt with on uh, running back, we can give that guy some money. You know, they could also endow a, uh, you know, emeritus uh, talking head position and give me some money. I'd be fine with that. I thought you were going to say they, they should make an endowment for an SB Nation site, and I would have been right there with you. That that also, I mean, that, that sounds better. Yes. I, I don't know how one endows the private company, but do it and throw us some of that cash, PJ. We'll, 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 gladly, uh, we'll gladly take it. Blake, or I'm sorry, I almost transferred basketball talk to Blake Street. I I, I just apologize with all my heart. Uh, the basketball team, after you know, as we were recording the last podcast, they were eh, doing okay against Michigan State and proceeded to you know play down to the mean a little bit. Uh, goes on the road to Michigan and basically doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, and there you go, win at Michigan, which was not expected. Uh, Street, I guess the first most important question is, do you really feel like you can change any expectations at this point? Or is this one of those kind of falling into, they can be a very annoying team that can also win as long as the right things happen? Yeah, Is it, is it Mike, is the meme Michael Scott just screaming no over and over again? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. You can also, you could also go with Arrested Development. Um, with the no, 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 no. Yeah, either one of those in terms of whether or not you should change, you as a fan should change any expectations you had this team before the preseason. There, as I mentioned the last time we had one of these, there is zero reason to presume that anything other than, oh, isn't it fun when this team wins, should be your expectation. One, like, let's be real. 
Sports are supposed to be fun and entertaining. If you get so emotionally invested, it's going to work out poorly for you. But also, practically speaking, Minnesota had a absolutely fabulous game against Michigan, and Michigan also could not hit the broadside of a aircraft carrier from distance. And that contributed a lot of what's going on. It's also not clear to me that Michigan currently is a very good basketball team. I expect by the end of the year they will be a decent basketball team. But right now, not necessarily a great basketball team. That is not to undermine the win against Michigan. The first time Ben Johnson goes on the road in the Big Ten, he's got a win. The Gophers, after beating Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, only have one loss on the season. There's a reasonably good chance that they will enter official official big 10 play in the sense the non-conference is over and we'll pretend these random conference games in the non-conference is a thing uh or isn't a thing but there's a reasonably good chance they're going to enter the non uh the conference play with one loss i did not have any expectation that was going to be true at all at the beginning of the season and as a consequence it's fantastic that it's happened. And it's happened when Minnesota has been playing very well because they are shooting the ball well from distance. As you mentioned, Chris, they're not turning the ball over. And as you also mentioned, my kind of mantra for the season, they are really annoying. They are well, know what they're doing systemically on the defensive side of the ball. They are hard to beat. They are forcing teams to make shots to beat them they're not fouling very often in uh, some games you know michigan state they had to foul a bunch just to get into the situation to put a team in one and one to keep the clock going out that's a really good recipe especially for a team that does not go very deep peyton willis is having a great season jameson battle is having a substantially better season than was expected all of these things are wonderful and here now is also why you should not have any expectations. And it's not just because they turned the ball over 28 times against Texas A&M Corpus Christi and are the first team since 1997 in Division One to win a game with a negative 22 turnover differential, which if they did any version of that in the Big Ten, they would have lost by about 25. It's also that as the season goes on, there's going to be more of this team on film. And one of the things that is true, I think, actually, if you go back to when there started being conference games for no reason during the non-conference, is that those games can be kind of weird. So teams that are not expected and certainly would not have likely won that game if they were playing it in February tend to win those games because you catch a team early or you've got some new scheme going on or you've put in something brand new for that first game and it catches a team off guard especially if in the case of Michigan that team is very young and so is also learning how to play together and kind of come Uh, become a coherent whole when we get into january and february when every single coach in the big 10 who are all fabulous coaches with a lot of resources and a lot of video coordinators cut up all of that film the gophers aren't going to surprise anyone and also what they're currently doing well is precisely what teams and coaches will now look to counter so you shouldn't have any expectation because it's entirely plausible that minnesota is going to go on a run of losing a whole bunch of games I'd like that not to be the case. It's awesome when they win. And I 
have a blast every time they're doing it, but I think it's a lot more fun to not imagine like, oh, well, this could be a tournament team right now. We have no idea if this could be a tournament team. And if again, if it turns out to be a tournament team, either one, but especially the NCAA tournament, Ben Johnson is the coach of the year in the country, which would be great. I'd be a huge fan of that. Yeah, that would be a completely unexpected, I mean, seriously. If our preseason expectation was we hope they win six Big Ten games and they turn into a tournament team, that's a fun-ass year. That also is not – I did not have them at six either. I had them at four. What did you have them at? Four? Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll stick with that. If we went from four to a tournament team, I say again, that's a fun-ass year. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's just enjoy it as it comes at us. And if it turns into a fun-ass year, I don't know. Maybe I'll make a T-shirt that says fun-ass year. The SkyU Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Homefield Apparel, the good brand. You've heard us talk before about how excited we were to get them as a sponsor, and we continue to be excited because as fall approaches, they have restocked their crew neck and hoodie sweatshirts. There's a Sweet Script uh, Minnesota sweatshirt out there right now waiting for you to pick one up. If you have not already shopped for the first time at Homefield Apparel, make sure to go to homefieldapparel.com and use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout for 15% off your order. It's not just uh, Minnesota gear. There are sweet stickers from all sorts of historic logos across NCAA. Uh, I have a Tulane Green Wave sticker that I've had my eye on that I gotta go pick up. Uh, Whatever it is, make sure to get over to homefieldapparel.com, find it for yourself, feel good in it, look good in it, and enjoy every moment with your new gear. That's homefieldapparel.com, code DAILYGOPHER. Andy, hockey. I'll be honest, I didn't really pay attention to hockey this weekend, so I have no idea what to, uh, what to do to tee you up here. So talk to me about hockey. That's because not much happened. Uh, the men are off until uh, January. Um, it was just announced today that they will be playing uh, an exhibition game against St. Thomas, 2 o'clock Sunday, January 2nd at Doug Wu Arena, uh, which is the city of South St. Paul's public arena. Uh, tickets go on sale Thursday morning. I think the attendance, the, the arena only sits about 1,500 fans, so it should be a pretty intimate and, and fun environment for that one. Um, and then they play the uh, U.S. under-18 team the next night back at Mariucci. So um, for those games, they will be missing uh, three of their top uh Young players, uh, Chaz Lucius, Matthew Knees, and uh, Brock Faber all made the U.S. Junior National Team, so they'll be competing up in, I think it's in Red Deer, Alberta, uh, the World Junior Tournament that starts right after Christmas, so they'll be missing those two exhibition games, but they should be back by the time the Gophers start Big Ten play again the following weekend at Michigan State. Uh, The women hosted UMD last weekend, ended up getting a split, lost on Friday, won on Saturday. Um, so they still sit in third place in the WCHA, middle of the pack um, in the country, you know, but relatively in good spot, especially with the fact that it was officially approved. The women's NCAA tournament is moving from eight teams to 11 teams starting this year. Um, so basically, unless the Gophers do one hell of a choke job, they will make the t- uh, make the uh NCAAs is an at-large team, um, and once you get to the NCAAs, it's all single elimination. So as we've seen uh, in many cases with the men, um, 
anything can happen. So uh, we saw the the Gophers go into Madison, be able to beat Wisconsin. Um, You know, they could also lose to, for example, you know, Mercyhurst or something like that. So, um, yeah, either way, that's where we're at. Uh, everybody now on on finals and holiday break, both teams done until 2022. Uh, Blake, I feel like uh, with the under 18, uh, U.S. uh, under 18 team uh, as a future opponent, it's important for me to ask Blake a hockey question. What state does the U.S. national development team base out of? Uh, I feel like it, there's either the obvious answer, which is Minnesota, or it's something else. Um, I just, it just, is just, not just, the obvious answer. It's I'll, not the I'll obvious. narrow that down for you. Thank well, you. It, it's it, it's not the obvious answer that Minnesota, but it is another well-known winter sports state. Yes, I just feel like, I, I just feel like it, I felt like it was either Chris setting me up for failure by me not getting the obvious answer. So I'm glad I have that out of the way. Thank you, Street, for being my phone friend. Um. This bit sets you up for failure, Blake. Chris doesn't need to do anything else. Yeah, you know what? I <laughs> and I, I throw in the face of that and say I'm I will not fail. Even though I even though I fail most of the time, I I don't come at it that way. Um, is it Maine? It is not where Andy would like to attend college. Andy, where does the U eighteen base out of? That would be the city of Plymouth. Michigan. That wasn't yeah. yeah. I, I you you had the you had the M part. You were I feel like you've you're coming into this recently with with like one kernel of it just spot on, but the whole of the picture is 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 mis misidentified. Yeah, so you're getting there. Story of my life. By the way, if Minnesota if you had told me Minnesota signed a recruit named Plymouth, Michigan today, I would have been like probably. <laughs> I bet they're an offensive oh, guard. Which reminds me, I need to watch that uh, Key and Peel All American Bowl uh, skit again. I haven't watched that in a couple years. I, I remember that being good. So Dan Smith, BYU. I don't know, friends. It feels uh, like it's about that time. Time to wrap up the Recruitment Podcast. Uh, you, of course, should be paying attention to the blog for what we hope will be a fun-ass season continuing in basketball. Uh, and, of course, we're getting ready to ramp up coverage leading into the bowl game. Uh, but in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat.